It's good to see you today. Glad you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just sort of waiting because some parents are taking kids down. I want everybody to be back. There's some things the Lord has been turning in my spirit all week long. And uh, I feel like he wants to do a work with us today. And so why don't we just pray together? Can we do that? Would you just talk to the Lord a little bit longer with me? Just fellowship his spirit that's in this room right now. Come on, just take your time and fellowship your father. Fellowship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Talk to him from your heart. Open your spirit and your mind to him. Jesus, we worship you. Would you be willing to express that, Lord? I open my spirit to you today. I open my heart and my mind and my soul to you today. I submit myself, my thoughts, my cares, my concerns. I submit all of them to you this morning, Father. And I purpose to be open to what you would do. I want your word and your spirit to reach into my spirit today. I want your word and your spirit to reach into my life and accomplish what you want it to, Father. You know my frame. You know me, Father. You understand how I'm formed. I trust you and I pray reach into my spirit, Father. Reach in by your word and by your spirit, I pray. Let faith come, faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We bind every distraction. We bind every thought not of you. I pray clarity in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you this morning. We magnify you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm trying to decide where I want to start here. Where the Lord wants us to start here. I am. Um, You know, the Lord talks to us a lot. He really does. He, he, he talks to us a lot. He wants to talk with us all the time. He enjoys speaking with us. Sure, there's times where he's silent. But as a general rule, he likes to talk with us. It's his design. How do I know that? Well, his word tells me that. His, Christ was our example and we understand that the things he did and the things he said, he said because, or did, because the Father said them and he shared them or the Father did them, so he threw him. And so that tells me that our Father wants to talk with us all the time. And uh, he talks with all of us in different ways because he knows our frame. He knows how we communicate and and how we receive communication. And so he uses different means and methods to talk with us. And one of the ways that he often talks with me, and I think he probably does this with everybody, but it may sound a little different. Sorry, my tie is bugging me this morning. It's not a spiritual tie, so it won't mess with anything, I think, if I take it off. Um, the way he talks with me oftentimes is through the course of a week, 
I'll find myself in a conversation here or something will drop in my spirit when I'm praying here. And then I'll, I'll be in a conversation and something will come out and it, it may not even feel really spiritual in the conversation, but it just sort of stays there in my spirit. And then I'll, I'll bump into somebody else and we'll be talking about something and something else will end up in our conversation. And my spirit, it sort of connects back to a conversation. And I realize, man, the Lord's really, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Anybody else ever have that happen? He talks to us that way. If we're listening, sometimes it can feel like just a, well, I don't know, it's nice. Had a con- but if we we'll acknowledge and recognize, sometimes, man, I've been in places and I've, I've witnessed it. There, man, there was an exchange. And so the Lord talks with us. And throughout this week that's happened, well, I was, I was here yesterday morning with some men praying. And, and I had a unique thing take place. Uh, for me, as I was praying, the Holy Ghost took me back to a moment in my childhood that I don't know that I've thought about for 20 plus years. And and he, and I may have, if I've even thought of it then, it's only maybe been once, if then. I, I'm not sure that I've thought about it other than maybe one other time since it took place. And I was somewhere between the age of seven and nine I don't even remember exactly how old I was I um, but in prayer the Lord took me to that moment yesterday morning and uh, I was really marked by it it was when I was a child my my dad that raised me we were visiting family back in Arkansas and he had he had taken me to the place where he grew up. His family still lived there, and, and he has siblings that still live there today. And his grandmother, my dad's grandmother, lived in this house in between other family members. And it was a very simple home. I, I remember this. It was, uh, and she had to be in her 90s at that point. And so this is 40 years ago, 40-plus years ago. And, again, this is is my dad that raised me my whole life, that his grandmother. And so her house had a wood floor. I don't mean like hardwood. I mean like rough wood, (laughs) like a rough wood floor that, you know, you could sort of see between the boards a little bit. And and it had, I don't know if they ever had these here. They had a lot of these in Arkansas. It was just a tar paper house. That's all it was, just tar paper and shingles. And it was a very simple home. Uh, her her bedroom, as I remember it, and I hope I don't have to take a test on this, but as I, I seem to remember, it was just a, a simple iron frame with a, a single bed with a quilt on it. And she had a chair in her simple living room that was probably about, wasn't big wasn't a big house at all there were no I don't remember I don't remember anything on the walls I don't remember there was no fancy furniture there it it was simple she had her chair by the bed there was a little if I I remember right there was a little wooden table but what I remember about this day where the Lord took me in prayer in this simple setting was her sitting there in the chair and 
my dad had come to me and said, uh, I want to go over and say hello to her, you know. She, again, she was late in years. And so I walked with him just as a boy along for the journey, you know. And uh, I didn't know her well at all. I hadn't, you know, grown up interacting with her or anything. I'd met her a few times. Uh, but because my dad was in the military, we didn't live right there. And so we we went and we... We're in her house. He was talking to her, and, of course, it was his grandmother, so he'd grown up with her as a child there, living there all of his life until he joined the military. And so he was talking with her. I don't know what they talked about. I couldn't tell you if I had to. But I remember him saying, you know, praying with her. I do know that she was the one that when they were kids, it was her that would take him and his siblings, her grandchildren, and walked them down the road that they lived on out to where the main road was, which was about a mile something, to a church that was there on that main road not far from where they were. And it was a Holy Ghost-filled church that she took them to. And so, so that, was, that was the spiritual one in his family, his Father didn't serve the Lord. His mother didn't serve the Lord, at least not one that was filled with the Holy Ghost. And, but his grandmother. And so we were in her house. And we started to pray with her. I mean, they started. I, I'm a kid. I'm just I'm sort of. Right? You with me? And I remember... I remember her beginning, picture a 90-year-old something, 90-something-year-old lady sitting in a corner in her living room. I remember her beginning to pray. And she began to pray in the Spirit. I'd never even thought about that until yesterday morning praying right here. It was like that was quickened back to my spirit. And it was like the Holy Ghost took me back to that moment. And like I entered into whatever happened that day 40-something years ago, it was like the Lord was saying, now I'm connecting you to that. I can't explain this. But it was like the Lord was saying to me, this is just how it felt to me in the Holy Ghost laying here as the Lord drew me back and brought that right to my memory. It was like the Lord was saying, now what took place there 40 years ago in the spirit, I'm connecting it now. Now it's coming to life. Do what you will with that. Let's read the word. John chapter 3, verse number 6. Jeremiah, I hope you flexed your fingers this morning. A little workout with them back there. Jeremiah 3 and 6, we know this, says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We need to understand this. Our flesh is going to die. We agree? This man is going to die. The natural man someday is going to die. If the, Lord tar- if the Lord tarries, every one of us in this room, as Solomon said, we all go the way of the grave. 
But the spirit is not temporary. This, this carnal man, my flesh, your flesh, your person, we're going to die. If the Lord tarries, this, this is temporary. Anything born of the flesh is temporary. Okay? I'm not afraid of dying. I mean, I haven't stared it right in the face yet, but I, but I'm, I understand that once I pass from this life, then I really start living. So I, you know, and so anything that's flesh is going to die ultimately somewhere along the journey. Now, but that which is born of the spirit, the spirit is eternal. The Lord's Spirit is eternal. So anything born of the Spirit, it will not die. It will not pass away. Anything born of the Spirit will last forever. Now, we can't wrap our minds around that. I mean, we just can't, right? Because we we think of everything in terms of time. God does not think in terms of time. Other than His plans for us right now. But He thinks beyond that. Because God is not bound by time, you understand. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Well, when did everlasting start? It didn't. Time has a start. Everlasting doesn't have a start. When does everlasting end? Well, well, everlasting doesn't end. It never ends. God is not... See, we can't wrap our minds around that because we, we are finite beings. And so we think in terms of finite space and time. God does not. His spirit does not. When his spirit works, whatever's born of his spirit, it is eternal. So when he does something and births something in the spirit... I don't care if it seems like nothing happens for 20 years. If it was born in the Spirit, it will live. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning in a powerful way. 2 Timothy chapter, oh no, John chapter 4, verse number 34. I'm going to read quite a few places in Scripture, I think. John 4 and 34. Jesus said to them, my meat, or that which feeds me, is to do the will of him that sent me, and to do what? To finish his work. Who sent him? God. Here he's referencing the Father, right? His relationship to the Father. Jesus Christ in humanity is acknowledging that he is robed in flesh, God in the flesh. And so when he's speaking, he's saying, I'm fulfilled doing the will of the Father that sent me. And his will is that I would finish, not my work, his work. His work. Right? Okay, verse 35. Say not ye, he's speaking to his disciples, don't say there's four months and then comes harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That's not of the flesh. He that reapeth receives wages So he's talking about in the spirit. 
We know that because he says he gathers fruit to life eternal. Why? That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Verse 37. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. Verse 38. I sent you. Hear the word of the Lord. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. I want to say that again. This is Jesus speaking. I sent you to reap that whereon you... In plain English, he said, I sent you to gather in a harvest that you didn't labor to get the seed put in the ground. You're just gathering it out of the field. Somebody else did the labor on the front end. I sent you, he said, to do that. And you, watch what he says, bestow no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Now, if... My grandfather, some of you heard me talk about this. My grandfather had a two-acre garden on the back corner of his 40 acres. My grandmother would always say bad things about that. I can hear her still to this day. I don't know why he put that garden all the way back over there. I'd have to walk all the way across that land. He could have put that right up here by the house. I don't know why he had to put that back there. I thought, because he could go back there, Granny, and you wouldn't bug him. That's probably what he was thinking. That's why men have workshops. Just, just because everybody needs their space sometimes. It's not a but no, she was but he that two acres is still there. It's my family still owns it to this day. My aunts and uncles, they still own that. If I go there now, there's not a garden there. There's no nice rows of fruits and vegetables. There used to be trees, apple trees down there. There's no apple trees there anymore. They're gone. It's just a field. Now, my aunts and uncles, they still mow it down and gather and bale hay on it every year. But it's not a garden anymore. So my grandfather labored there, labored there. I mean, he cared for that garden. Some of my favorite times, while they were few, still as a child, was to go with him and be able to get to pick the Pick the vegetables with him. I felt like, man, I'm a man. I'm doing what my grandpa does. It was, it was awesome. I remember, I remember he'd give me his pocket knife and let me cut okra off. And so some of y'all looking at me like, what's okra? But he would let me do that. And I, I remember working. I mean, it was a big garden. Two acres is a lot of garden. But he had seven kids. And they would always give food away to people that didn't have food. So he planted extra. So anyway. But if I go back there today. I don't go and go, you know what? He labored here, so now I can go and just pick the fruit and the vegetables out of that garden. Still today, some 50 years later, 40 years later. Why? Because that garden was planted in the natural. And without someone taking care of it in the natural, something else comes and takes its place. And so there has to be a new planting in the natural for it to produce something. That's not true in the spirit. In the spirit, God can plant something. And it can be there for 40 years. 
Or it can be there for 400 years. Or it can be there for 600 years. But if he planted it in the spirit, it's eternal. When Jesus was speaking here, he was speaking about the eternal. And he said, I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. There's some things that have been planted in the spirit that you didn't have anything to do at the time they were planted. Other men labored. Other men were in tune with God. Other men were in relationship with God. Other women were in prayer and in fellowship with God. And in their prayer and fellowship with God, there were things planted in the Spirit. And you may not have even been anywhere around. You may have not even been a thought to your parents at the time. You may not, your grandparents may not have even been a thought at the time. But what was planted in the Spirit, you are entered into their labors. The things reaped of the Spirit don't know time. God is coming back soon. And He is preparing a people that will take part in gathering in the last harvest. And it's not a harvest that's all going to be planted by the ones that are gathering it. We're going to be gathering where we have not sown. We're going to be gathering where we have not labored. We have to understand that we're entering into a place and a time in the Spirit where things have been done for years that He's allowing us to enter into other men's labors. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I hadn't even got started yet. There's so much right now the Lord is doing. The Holy Ghost is wanting us to hear what His Word is telling us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Pray with me again. Come on, ask Him to plant in our spirit by His Spirit. Father, move beyond our intellect into our spirit. Speak into our spirit by Your Word. We'll receive of You. We'll receive of You, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Second Timothy one verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. So Paul's beginning a letter. He says he's writing, tells us who he's writing to. I'm writing to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. By the way, Paul's in prison right now when he's writing this. And uh, he's sort of expecting that he's probably getting ready to lose his life. If you study where he's at when he's writing Second Timothy, figures they're probably getting ready to execute him. My dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, I thank God. Is that what you'd write in prison <laughs> if you were about to get killed? I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. Most translations right here read, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors have served. Now, did his ancestors serve the way he served? 
No, he was in a different dispensation. But there was, he's pointing back to something his ancestors entered into that he's now serving in. Watch. That without ceasing, I have remembrance of you in my prayer. He's talking to Timothy. I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Verse 4. Greatly desiring to see you. Being mindful of your tears. That I may be filled with you. Keep in mind, he's in prison. He expects his life may be coming to an end soon. He's writing to Timothy, his son in the faith. He says, I desire to see you. I'm aware of your tears. I want to be filled with joy. Woe is me. I'm in prison about to die. No. Watch verse 5. He's writing to this young man. When I call to remembrance, he's reflecting on some things. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it's in thee also. Verse 6. Wherefore, Timothy, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you. He's not talking to the natural here. He's talking to the spiritual in this young man. Stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Apostle Paul is trying to get Timothy to realize there's some things in you that were around before you, but you've entered into something and something's been imparted into your spirit. It was in your mother's spirit. It was in your grandmother's spirit. You didn't get it because you earned it. It was a work of the Spirit of God. And God knew you before He formed you. And that's in your spirit, Timothy. Now's not the time to despair. Stir up the gift that's in you. There's a gift of faith in you, Timothy. Stir it up. Timothy's probably dealing with a little bit of doubt and question and fear. Paul's addressing fear in his life because Paul's about to possibly die. And he's saying, stir up faith in your heart. It's there. How did he know it's there? Because I know I saw it in your spirit. Remember when I laid hands on you, I recognize what's in you. I've seen it in your mother. I saw it in your grandmother. There are spiritual things imparted. Things that are born of the Spirit in every one of our lives, resident for us, if we will stir them up by the gift of God working through us. I am marked. Many of you have heard me tell stories about my grandmother, one of the things I'm most grateful for is in the three years that we spent back in Arkansas with my family is that my children got to spend time with my grandmother, their great-grandmother. I'd heard her stories all my life growing up. And if you talk to my grandma very long, she was talking about something to do with God. Something he did, some something he worked. My grandmother, if she said it once, she said it a thousand times. Joey, she always called me Joey. Joey, 
I don't know how people live without God. And I would say, Granny, they don't. She'd say, yeah, that's true. They don't, do they? And then she'd go into some story about how God had done something and got it. And my kids, at the time that we lived there, I guess they were, I'll do quick math in my head. We've been back. Help me out. Have we been back eight years? Seven, ten, and thirteen. So uh, somewhere in that age range uh, is where they were at that time, seven, ten, and thirteen. And you know, when you're a seven year old or a ten year old or a thirteen year old, got a couple thirteen year olds over here today and older. The last thing you want to do is sit on a Saturday afternoon for a few hours in Granny's house and listen to her tell stories. Especially my my precious grandmother. She had dementia the latter years of her life, and so she would tell the same story over. And then about 30 minutes later, she forgot she had told that story. And so she would tell the same story again. And we'd talk about something else, and about an hour would go by. And Brother Lewis, she'd tell the same story again. But it was always a story about what the Lord had done, something... And so one of the things I'm most grateful for is my kids, as agonizing as that must have been for them some days, sitting there on a Saturday thinking, Dad, I'm sure they were rejoicing when I said, well, Granny, I think we're going to go ahead and let you rest. We got to go. I'm sure my kids were like, yes. I'm losing my Saturday at Granny's house. And I, I know they don't think that way now, but. But I thank God they heard some of those stories. It was the Lord. The Lord using that situation that my kids heard those stories three, four, five times. on a We'd be back there on another Saturday or, or some evening or, and they'd hear those stories again and they'd hear those stories again and they'd hear those stories again. What was happening? There was something being planted in the spirit. Talking about in the natural some story that they can pin and say, oh, that's a neat story. I'm talking about the spirit of the Lord working through a spirit filled individual to plant something. I'll never forget the day when we were there one Saturday and I took my three kids and I sat them on the floor in front of her where she sat in a chair. And I said, Granny, I want you to pray for my, would you pray for my kids? My three kids knelt or sat there on the hardwood floor in the living room or tile floor and my grandmother sitting in her chair reached over at this point pretty frail I don't know if she could tell who was who she couldn't see hardly but she began to pray for them and the Holy Ghost come into the living room there in that simple home and the Holy Ghost began I, I believe things were born in the spirit planted in the spirit so things were transferred in the spirit why because that which is born of the spirit is spirit now, hear me this morning. If you're sitting here and you're going, man, that's a beautiful story. I wish I had a grandmother like that. You're missing something. You and I are not here of our own accord. I promise you, somewhere back there, something was planted in the spirit.
that you're in now. Somewhere back there, something was planted in the spirit. I don't know who, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But something was planted in the spirit and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It will produce if I'll yield, it will... You and I get to determine, am I going to enter into what's been planted in the spirit throughout all of time as I know it and before time as I know it and possibly even before there was time where things were planted in the spirit and the Lord desires me to walk in and live in in this hour? I don't understand what took place yesterday morning, but I know the Lord connected me to something that took place. He planted it in the spirit 40 something years ago. I don't know what it was. I may not ever be able to define it by the letter, but whatever happened on that day 40 something years ago, I know it was quickened in my spirit yesterday morning. How does that happen? Because whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. And it may, that seed may be there and it may sit dormant for 20 years or 40 years. But in the moment of time where God says now, he can quicken it. That seed will produce what it was intended to produce. That's why the Lord could say through the prophet Isaiah, my word will not return void. It will accomplish what I sent it to do. You understand the prophet Malachi said that there would be one who would precede the Messiah. He would be the voice of one crying in the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You know that verse? Heard that? It's in Malachi. You understand it was 400 years later before that happened. Four hundred years later and John the Baptist is born and when Mary who is pregnant with the Lord Jesus enters into the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist is in the womb of Elizabeth all of a sudden the scripture says the child leapt in her womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost there in the womb What happened there? How did that happen? I'll tell you what happened. A word of God spoken in the spirit 400 years before at the timing of God. It came alive in a child in a womb 400 years later. And you and I would sit here and say, I believe that. I know it to be true. Then why would you dare think that God, who is no respecter of persons, would treat you and I any differently? Who knows that it could have been 400 years ago that there was someone in your bloodline somewhere along the way. The Lord put something in somebody's spirit. They didn't know what they were yielding to, but they began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as they began to pray and yield to the Holy Ghost, seed was being planted Something was being born of the Spirit. And 400 years later, you and I are about to walk into it. Sister Jester, I have faith today for things spoken thousands of years ago that I know nothing about. Why do I have faith for that? Because the Word of God tells me that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. 
And I'm entered into other men's labors. I'm not just entered into the labors of men that I could know or point back to in history. I believe we are entered into the labors of spiritual men and women that were thousands of years ago that things were done and planted and spoken and they didn't even realize they were, why they were saying them or what they were speaking about. But you and I are intended by God's design to walk in that plan. Prophet Joel said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I wonder what he thought when he was saying that. I wonder if he thought in the last days, well, I'm about 60 now. If I live to be 80, man, that'd be 20 years. I'll see it come to pass. He didn't see it come to pass. It was anywhere from five to seven hundred years later before it came to pass. We must understand we are meant by God to live and walk in the spirit. And there are things that have been spoken. There are things in every one of our lives that God has ordained. If we'll live and walk in the spirit. Timothy, stir up the gift that's within you. I'm calling to memory the unfeigned faith. That I saw in your mother. I saw it in your grandmother. Timothy, I see it in you. I don't think Paul saw something in the natural. Paul was looking into the life of that young man and he saw something spiritually. And when he saw it, he was trying to get Timothy, who could not see it, to lay hold on something born of the Spirit and stir it up. And I feel the Spirit of God this morning trying to reach into your hearts and lives by His Word to quicken something in your spirit that you would recognize you're here by God's design. In this hour. We know Jeremiah. He tells us. You don't have to go there. But in Jeremiah 1 and 5. You know the passage of scripture. It's used often. It says before you were formed in your mother's belly. I knew you. God, you knew the child before he was formed? Oh. And if you keep reading, I ordained you, he says, to be a prophet unto the nations. Before he was formed in his mother's womb. That means before he was even a thought to mom and dad. Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. He knew him. Yes, he knew him. How could he know him before? Because he had a vessel he was going to prepare. He knew that he had ordained a prophet. You understand, Jeremiah was something that was formed to fulfill the plan and purpose of God. And he knew God in his infinite wisdom and plan and purpose said, there's going to come a time I'm going to form a child and that child's going to be a prophet to nations. And so I know from the beginning what my plan is. And so I'm already envisioning that child. It's a spiritual work that I'm going to do through him. So before he's even formed, I know him. 
See, we can't wrap our minds around that. It doesn't fit our human reasoning and thinking. But God doesn't know time. God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And he knew where you fit in his plan spiritually and how he wanted to use you. He has ordained it. I was reading this morning, we're not going to go there, but I was reading this morning in John chapter 16 and 17 where Jesus Christ was praying for the disciples. And as I was reading that and the things he says, at one point he makes this statement. He says, first he prays for the disciples and then right at the close of his prayer, he says, and I pray for those that will, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it memorized here. I pray for those that will come to know you through their word. Can I let you in on a secret? If you know him today, you came to know him through the words of the apostles and the disciples. You know what that tells me? It tells me this, Joel. Jesus Christ prayed for me that day. He prayed for you that day. And the scripture tells me that Jesus Christ ever lives to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I don't even know where I'm at. Hebrews. I'm trying to finish. Chapter 11. You know, I shared that about Jeremiah. We know that the scripture says that about Isaiah, too. Of course, it was said of Isaiah that he was formed from the womb to be a servant of God. God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. Then he had to form you with purpose as well. It's just a matter of whether I'm going to live after the flesh and die or if I'm going to live after the spirit and enter into things of the spirit that are eternal. My mind goes back to what Brother Dobbs shared that first night at Pos about Jacob and Esau. One living after the natural, one living after the spirit. Hebrews 11, I don't even know what verse I want. 39. We're going to finish this. We're going to flip right to Hebrews 12. Okay, Jeremiah. Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39 says, and these all. Now, Hebrews 11 is the chapter of faith. Most of us have heard that. Heroes of faith. It goes down. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham offered his only son. By faith, by faith, by faith. And it names all these people who did all these things by faith, by faith, by faith. Right? Paul told Timothy, call to memory the unfeigned faith that's in you. There's something in you. Now, so we're finishing out chapter 11 here. And the writer of Hebrews says these all, all these people he's named that have done all this stuff by faith, going back through generation after generation after generation. These all having obtained a good report 
through faith, received not the promise, colon, verse 40, God, hear the word of the Lord, God having provided some better thing for who? For who? Us. God having provided some better thing for us, that they, who's they? It's all those forefathers that went before. They, all those heroes of faith, they, all of those in your family and mine before that have gone the way, or all of our, in the body of Christ, they, without who? Us. He's provided some better thing for us so that they, without us, should not be made perfect. That word perfect there means complete. They will not be made complete without us. You know what that tells me? God has a plan for mankind that started before time. And then when Adam was created at the beginning of time as we know it, we see the plan of God in a man. And you and I are now entered into that plan. And the plan of God is not complete until we fulfill our part in the plan. It's a spiritual work. They without us should not be made perfect. Next verse, which I think is the next chapter. Wherefore... Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who's the cloud of witnesses? It's they, all those that have gone before us. All those people listed in Hebrews chapter 11. They have gone before us. They're the cloud of witnesses. They're the ones around watching, witnessing. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Watch verse 2. Looking unto Jesus... He's the author and he's the finisher of our, not theirs, not us, our. That's them and us. He is the author. He started it and he's the finisher of our faith. Would you stand with me this morning? I was, I was giving her a hard time a week or two ago. But I was, she was laughing at me, so she deserved it. But I was m- reminding Mariah that when she was a baby, I held her in the prayer room. She's not a baby now, she's a teenager, but somehow that happened overnight. I was, I was thinking of, there was a day a few months back where I can't explain it. I don't, I don't play favorites. I hope you guys know that. I, I mean, I probably love my kids more than yours, but otherwise, I, I, I love all your kids. Just as my, <laughs> I guess that's is that fair. I don't know. 
you love your kids more than mine, so. But I, I, I love our kids. I love your kids. I, there's been times in the prayer room where I've just, I've just wanted to pray with some of your kids. I can't explain that. It's like there's a quickening of the Lord that takes place. I remember one day they're just asking Josiah to come over and sit by me for a minute, and I, I couldn't explain anything. I just felt, you know, the, the Lord wasn't like signaling how like this, oh, this kid's better than somebody. You understand? It's not about that. We can only respond to what the Spirit does. I witness and I see different things at different times on your children. I watch our children praying in the altar. I remember a few weeks ago, whenever it was, that we had all the men. You guys may remember this. Remember we had all the men come up here and pray, and we had all the ladies stand down here and pray. Some of you remember that? I remember the Holy Ghost moving on Brother Callum standing right here. I, and my mind goes back to different ones of our kids. I was, I was picturing... Jerry and Armenia's girls, Sophia and Liana, praying the other day. And I, I see things being born in the Spirit. Born in the Spirit. I remember how I just couldn't get enough of Malachi when he was first born. I mean, he was a cute kid, but the Lord is birthing something in the Spirit. He's doing a spiritual work. He's doing a spiritual work in you. And what you're entered into at the season and the space and time that God has allowed us. If we will yield to his spirit. I believe there is a quickening of his spirit today. It's his timing for where we are. It's his timing for where we are. And things have been planted in your life. Someone prayed for you. Maybe you don't even know it. But someone prayed for you. Someone years ago. Days ago. Or years before your life. Someone prayed for you. And they may not have even known it. They may have just been yielding to the Holy Ghost. And praying in the Holy Ghost. But God knew. And he was praying through them for your life. And for such a time as we have now. He's drawing you by his spirit. It for what his plan is. I'm opening this altar to you this morning. Would you respond to the drawing of his spirit? Would you respond and allow him to quicken, to quicken in your spirit? Whatever it is, the seed. Those things born, those things birthed. Maybe you just need to come and begin to pray and yield to the Spirit because He's wanting you to pray some things today that will affect a generation to come. I don't know, but would you yield to Him today? Would you reach to Him today if His Word is spoken to you, if His Word is reached into your heart? Come on, there's some of you here this morning you don't even see yet. You don't even recognize the hand and the anointing of God that's on you. But it's a result of things born and birthed in the Spirit years ago. God's been waiting. He's been waiting. He's drawing you and you're coming. And His timing is quickening the things planted in the Spirit.
and will enter into other men's labors. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
Itabayo lo santo rey arabakahaye. Itabaye lo lo rey arabakahaye. Itabale lo lo bosiata. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I think it'd be good if you find somebody to pray with before we go today. Would you find a brother, find a sister where it's appropriate. Agree together, agree together for things born of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we agree together, Father. I pray, Father, let it come to fruition in the life of my brother, in the life of my sister. That which you have ordained, Father. That which you have ordained, Father. That which you have ordained, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 That which you have ordained, Father. That which you have established. That which you have destined. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, what you have purposed, Father, what you have ordained, Father what you have desired, Father. In the name of Jesus, 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 Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Father. We worship you this morning, God. We magnify you, our creator, our redeemer, our healer. 
We worship you, our strength. We worship you, the lifter up of our head. We magnify you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. You who knows our frame, you who called us, who destined us, we worship you this morning. We acknowledge you. We submit to your will, to your calling, to your purpose, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord bless you today. If you need to go, you're dismissed. If you want to just linger, feel free to do that. His presence is here in a rich way ministering. Praise God. Please be respectful of those that are lingering and waiting in the presence of the Lord. He's really ministering here in a rich way. Let him do so in Jesus' name.